We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. Hi, I'm Yui Xu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. Friends, lovers, enemies, welcome to Dateable Podcast. (laughs) I hope we don't have any enemies. You never know who's listening. (laughs) Well, there are a lot of people who hate listen. I mean, not to our show, but we, we know people who hate listen to other podcasts because they, I don't know. It's just weird. Humans are weird. I don't understand this phenomenon. I don't understand. Especially podcasts. There's so many yeah. out there and it's free. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Go listen to someone you actually like, but there are people who hate watch shows, hate listen. Yep. They exist and I'm sure there's a few <sighs> who listen to ours in the same context and that's okay. We got you. We welcome all of you here. We're <laughs> inclusive. Maybe someone that we went on a past date with or maybe we ghosted. <laughs> Play back to last week's episode. Never know. <laughs> you never know. But you know what? <laughs> it we do not need to spend the energy to try to figure out who hate listens because nope. there are so many lovers who listen to our show, and we welcome you, our friends and lovers, to um, our on slash off season. We are in <laughs> the stage before our new season, season eighteen starts, which is just in a few weeks. But we still bring you fresh content each week of shows that we've been on we were the guests on these podcasts and this episode is in line with you know the month of love that we are now in because it's all about loving yourself and how do you have this healthy relationship it sounds so cliche but really the healthiest relationship you could have is with yourself and we love the message that julia mazer talks about on her podcast pretty much done we were lucky enough to be guests on her show we also had her on our podcast last season under the same name pretty much done was the name of her episode and her podcast is all about you know just like the self-discovery journey and getting out of like this you know i should be doing this i should be in this Mm -hmm. relationship and finding what's authentic to you 
at the time of this recording, this is how wild things can get in just a course of a week or two. At the time of recording, Julia was in a relationship. She was living in LA. She was working her corporate job during the day and doing her podcast, you know, like Moonlight um, podcaster, like many of us. And a week or two later, she came on our show, maybe less yep. than a week. I don't know. Before she even came on our show, this clip of her on TikTok went viral of her talking about herself as a single female about to turn 30. What was it like making shakshuka on a Saturday morning or something like that? Like watching like Real Housewives. Oh, yeah. Watching- In a way of I love my life. Like I'm happy that I can just chill type of thing. And some douchebag politician dude. <laughs> like a political <laughs> commentator. I don't even think he's a politician. He's just like a right winger <laughs> podcaster that talks about God, God knows, knows what. what but had it out for Julia he just could not stand yeah. that this almost 30 year old woman was single and watching real housewives he could not stand how amazing her life was compared to his miserable life I'm sure so her her clip on TikTok goes viral right before she comes on our show in the course of like the week or two that we didn't talk to her she became single She was about to leave her corporate career and she was thinking about her next steps, which is now she is living in Austin. Okay. So, so much changed from the time we we spoke to her. Yep. It's just so indicative of how anything could happen around the corner. If you are stuck in where you are today, in your love life, in your relationship, in your personal life, professional life, whatever it is, everything could change. In a minute, you know, everything can change. Your entire life could look different tomorrow. Yeah. And she also talks a lot about just like on her Instagram, on her podcast, everywhere about the pressure she got to be in a relationship, how it was kind of like like assumed and forced down her throat from an early age of, oh, you got to be dating. You got to be finding your husband. You know, this is how life goes. This is how things work. And it took her like stepping back and being like, I'm actually like pretty happy. Yeah. It's not to I don't want this stuff, but I'm happy with the life I have right now. And, you know, we've talked about this theme a lot on this podcast, and I really do believe there's like different merits to different stages of life. And while you're in one stage of life, like you can choose to focus on the negative and always trying to like get out of it, or you can embrace like what is actually there and nothing lasts forever. Doesn't mean that if you're happy being single today in this period of life, you're like saying like, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm going to be single forever. We're not saying that at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Usually when you get that comfortable, that's when you attract someone because you're not coming from a place of desperation. It's not filling a void. It's just additive. Exactly. You being single and you being in a relationship, there is no one that's better than the other. They're both stages in life. But unfortunately, we place so much value on relationships that we feel like single is just that layover before you get into a relationship. Single is you swimming in the water, hoping to find dry land, which is a relationship. That's not always the case. Like, have you ever thought about if when you're single, people ask, so why are you single? But people who are married, nobody sits them down and go, why are you married? Why are you still married? What are you doing wrong? (sighs) 
it's a state to get out of, right? right? Instead of just enjoying. And, you know, this time of year, we're leading up to Valentine's mm-hmm. Day next week. We know this time of year could be really hard. I remember when I was single, especially during those periods when I had just ended something. The worst. I was like, I just want to pretend this holiday does not exist. I'm going to hole up on a Tuesday night. Ignore it, basically. But if I was to go back in time, like I would hope that I would maybe master date more or do something that brought me joy. Maybe it's not on Valentine's Day, but like have this period that I can be like, okay, like I'm happy with where I am and whatever this Hallmark holiday of is trying to sell me, like I don't need to buy into that. I need to just be good with where I'm at. I know easier yeah. said than done. And when you're in the thick of it, it can be really hard to get there. And this is again, my hope and vision, not necessarily what's always reality but it is a good way to like step back and look a little bigger picture when you get out of it the only people who care about valentine's day are the single people people in relationships couldn't give a fuck you're having your valentine's day dinner not on valentine's day you know like single people are like what am i gonna do on valentine's day people in relationships don't even think about that it's like of course we're gonna spend time together but it's not a big deal I totally agree. Like, I think it's just the first Valentine's Day when you're with someone new, Mm. at least for me. I don't want to speak like holistically, but I know like myself and I know friends have been like this too. It's like, it almost like means something more. Like you want to like see what they do and what we do together and all that. I think after the first year, it's become less of a thing for me. I do remember like I was spending time with uh, one of my friends that's been with her partner now, husband for like 15 years. And it was Valentine's Day. And I just remember being like, are you sure like you want me at your house for dinner? They're like, we don't give a fuck yeah, about please. Valentine's Day. Please put us out of our misery. But you have big Valentine's Day plans, speaking of someone that doesn't care about Valentine's Day. I don't care about Day. Valentine's Day, but I do care about <laughs> celebrations. I like celebrations. <laughs> so we are going to London and Paris as uh, my birthday slash Valentine's Day trip combined. It'll be our first international trip together. We'll be there for a week. Um, Seeing how Sedona went, it went pretty well. So I think this is going to be fine. But I know it's going to be butt-ass cold in Europe. And I know (laughs) that I get really anxious and irritable in cold weather. So this will bring out a whole new dimension of UA that he has not seen. (laughs) (laughs) This is the true test, I guess. Can you get through it? (laughs) That's really nice, though. That How did that come to be? I feel like I've never had someone be like, let's go on this trip for your birthday. (laughs) I don't know. Um, it's partly because he's going to Europe for work anyway, Mm. and he lived in London for a while in his 20s, I want to say, or 30s. I can't remember. So he has really fond memories of London. He always says he wishes that he could take me to London. When this Mm. work trip popped up, we thought it was like the perfect opportunity to do that. He's going to show me his side of London. And I love Paris, and I've never been to Paris with a romantic partner before. Isn't that wild? I thought you went with your no, ex. We no, we went to South of France. Oh, you guys went to yes. South of France. I was like, wait, didn't you just go to yeah, Paris? Yeah, I never went to <laughs> the most, I mean, quote unquote, romantic place on earth. I never been there with a romantic partner. So, you know, we just thought, why don't we just combine the two? They're so easy. Yeah, you can like take the train, right? Easy little like weekend trip. So that that's how it came to be. It's a little bit random, but also kind of like, it would be nice. I love in a relationship where my partner can show me his world. That 
that is so magical to me because I've never lived in London. I would love to see, you know, his side of it. That's very exciting. I will live vicariously through you. We will be um, (laughs) going to Valentine's Day probably a day or two after Valentine's Day because we don't like to get scammed by the restaurants. It is such a fucking scam. I know we say this every year, but can we just reiterate how scammy restaurants are? I mean, when your regular menu is 30 bucks and then you pump it up to 150 just for Valentine's Day, that's a fucking scam. You should go to jail. I also, UA and I were talking before this about flowers. I feel like there's no way to send flowers anymore for under $100. I don't understand. You gotta go handpick that shit. (laughs) That might, you know, inflation, handpicking flowers might cost just as much. Everything's just so expensive, but it gets even more expensive on Valentine's Day. But then you feel like, I know we talk about this every year too. You can't not do something. (laughs) You don't want to feel left out. Well, I'm all about the homemade meal. Like whether you're single or in a relationship, like cooking yourself a legit, you know, we do chicken parm. That was something we've done the last two days, like on the actual holiday. There's something just so warm and tender about that too. If I was to go back to like single Julie, I would do something like that for myself. I do like a treat yourself night, but not like in the, I'm going to go out and like be with my girlfriends and do Valentine's Day because like I felt like that was too much for me when I really hated yes. it. But still like, you know, master date at home. Hell yeah. Master date and master bait. So many things <laughs> you could do on Valentine's Girl, Day. Girl, I, my friend Jeanette, I'm going to give her a shout out. She went to a sex convention. It was like for people in the sex toy industry and she got some toys out of this that she gave to me because she has extras apparently (laughs) and she gave me this one toy that's basically like a suction cup for your clit damn that shit i mean if i had discovered this when i was single i would have been home every night with that that would have been my date every night it might still be my date (laughs) every so often but that is a crazy new invention i'm into it and you can control it through an app you can sync it to music (laughs) shit well is it your man friend gonna be overseas on actual Valentine's oh, Day? Oh yeah, he comes back on Valentine's Day at night. So yeah, you guys should do the remote. <laughs> it's always been like a, a secret fantasy of mine to like do that with someone, but I've never done it. Like oh. I think I wonder if that would work well. Like have someone control an app from like far away. I don't. I, don't, I yeah, I don't know. I didn't know that was a secret fantasy of yours. Huh. Okay. That's why it's secret. (laughs) Not so secret anymore. (laughs) Now it's not secret. (laughs) I can't wait for your partner to listen to to this episode. And he doesn't listen anymore. He's like, I hear enough of your voice. That's funny. That's exactly what every partner has said. I feel like at the beginning, he was like, I'm going to like, especially when I went away at the beginning, he like binged them all because he missed you. And then he was pretty invested. And then we like lived together, spending pretty much every day together. He hairs half the side of the combo a lot of the times. Yep. Yeah. He doesn't listen as much. (laughs) He's done. Well, someone used to tell him about your secret fantasy. <laughs> yeah, and he's actually not home right now, so he can't even hear the other okay. side of the convo. Well, I have he's his, missing I out. I have his number, so I guess, <laughs> I guess I have to take on that responsibility. We have to be apart from each other. He can't like do it from the like living room when I'm in the bedroom. When you come down to LA in late March, perfect. <laughs> you sure about that? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You're going to be in my house. In your home. <laughs> Maybe think that through a little more. Let me think that through. Okay, yeah. Let me think that through. How about we just tell him to go away for a weekend? (laughs) Wow, that's Uh, one day. 
sometimes sometimes fantasies are better as fantasies also yeah because once you actually do it you're like you're like this is awkward you're like damn it let's just yeah. let me take over <laughs> let me operate this thing oh uh, my god you're like wi-fi connections down yeah, yeah there's a lot that can happen it's like stuck on the blowing yeah. air part yeah. you're like i'm cold now but you know that is how they market these to- like they market yeah. them for couples but to be at a distance and i've just always been curious I-, I will regress like i'm not sure if this is really my secret fantasy but like i have always been curious <laughs> about how they work <laughs> maybe that's a more accurate way to put it out there it's not like something i think about often <laughs> <laughs> i just like the logistics of it too exactly that's what i'm curious about and, the logistics and you still have to hold it in the right area area so are they just controlling the movement like the up up down down (laughs) i don't know i mean we we did say that we're going to talk about loving yourself on this episode so we are holding true that's a lot of loving yourself let me let me tell you loving yeah okay (laughs) well are we done (laughs) this is over i'm not sure people like this or don't like this but we're gonna move on Uh, I'm like, is this a turn on, turn off, neutral? I don't know. Well, Julie, you know, I'm not only telling you this to set expectations. If you don't hear back from me for a few hours, you know where I'm at because I have a new toy. Okay. That's all. That's all I'm just telling you. I don't know why everybody needs to know, but I'm just telling you to set the expectations. (laughs) You ain't going to be like in a meeting and I'm like, are you playing with your toy? (laughs) You're like, no, I'm going to work. Leave you alone. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll get into it all with Julia. We do not talk about vibrators there, so hopefully you got your fix right now. <laughs> we did it? Damn it. We should do another episode, though, more on Miss that. Miss Opportunity. Anyways, miss Opportunity. is always next season. We're coming back. <laughs> okay, well, if you are listening to this real time, you still have a couple more hours before our 22-day dating app challenge registration closes. So if you're not in yet, we reopened our program that helps people, you know, try new things out, Mm -hmm. get a new fresh mindset, fresh way of doing things. We believe in the apps. We really believe they are tools that are meant to help us. It crushes our hearts when we hear how painful they are for people to use. And we get it because they used to be painful for us. But throughout the years, we've learned some tricks. We've learned some ways to look at them differently. And, you know, I met my partner through Hinge and I'm so happy that I was able to give apps a chance. So if you are wanting to not rule out this outlet that 40% of people meet on nowadays, make sure to join in on this reset challenge. Like we said, it will close tonight at midnight if you're real time. If you are listening to this episode delayed, we will be likely doing it again, but not quite sure when. So if you're on the edge, do it today. You'll be thankful. This time of year is a big one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, findingyourperson.com slash apps. You can go there to sign up or go to our website at Datable Podcast. Okay. At Datable Podcast, you can find us across the interwebs everywhere else. And yeah, I'll leave it at that. We've had a lot of announcements today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, before we get into it with Julia, let's hear from a few of our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual 
sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the high love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first First month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10, H-E-R-O C-O. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join is their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites. And let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why last bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. Okay, let's Let's hear our episode on Pretty Much Done. Uh, 
I am so excited to record with today's guest. They are the hosts of the Dateable podcast and also consider themselves dating sociologists. I love that term. Yue Shu and Julie Krafchik, welcome to Pretty Much Done. Thanks for having us, Julia. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank you. We were just talking about, Julie, before you got on, we were saying that we should all have like a, a meetup of everyone who's in the dating podcast space yes. and we could all like trauma dump of like how we got here. <laughs> But given yes. that we're given that we're all not here, tell me how you guys got here, how you guys became dating sociologists and met each other. Tell me the how did you guys meet story and how did you find Love yourselves? That. Yeah. Our meet cue is through trauma dumping and trauma yep. bonding ourselves okay. over a few glasses of wine in San Francisco. <laughs> I was brand new to the city. Julie had been there for a long time and we were just talking about dating and how Regardless of the city that you're in, there's always going to be difficulties with dating, as there should be. Yeah. If dating was easy, then everybody would be off and, you know, found their person already. But that's what makes dating worth it, right? Because it's supposed to be this challenging road. But Julie and I were drinking our glasses of wine and we thought we should really talk about dating and record it. We have a ton of friends who love talking about dating too. Let's just record it, see what happens. And that's what we did. We did our first few seasons in my studio apartment where we had live guests. <laughs> and a lot of us, wine. <laughs> and a lot of wine and cheese and a lot of spillage happening. But it was such a fun, fond time of beginning of Dateable. I think you nailed it too, Juliet. Usually if you get into the space, you've had experiences, right? There's a reason that you're in this space. And I'll speak for myself personally, then let UA share her experience. But for me, I just remember feeling like something was wrong with me. Like, Why can't any date get past that third date? Why doesn't anything stick? Like, Why am I just like having no luck? And I remember just talking to my friends that were coupled up or married. They'd be like, so tell me about that guy. And I would tell them and then like a week later, they'd be like, so what happened? I'm like, I don't even want to tell them that I got ghosted. I never heard from them again. And it was just like very shameful feeling. And I remember part of doing this podcast, hearing other people experience the same thing. And we've heard this from our listeners. It makes you feel like you're not alone. There's not something wrong with you. This is something we're all experiencing. And there's something very comforting about that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that it doesn't just end when you're single. Like, I mm -mm. feel like when you are, obviously, I'm sure that you guys have connected with your listeners of like, okay, we've all been on the apps. We've all had these dates. We've all gone through the oh my God, it messed up because I told people about him. And that's why yes, it messed up yep. because I jinxed it and I told yep. people. But then it's like gets confusing. Like, UA, I know you just got out of like a five-year relationship and it's like, then that becomes confusing. And it's like, how do I become someone who gets back on the apps and how do I navigate that? And, you know, I've done so much work on myself, but, and I'm not that single girl who was single before on the apps. Like it never ends. And if, if <laughs> dating was a perfect science, like, I guess it wouldn't be as fun, but it like, it wouldn't be as rewarding as it is when you meet kind of like a person that you're just like, whoa, I really like you. Right. Yeah. And I think some of the challenges in dating is that we feel like single is just a road to relationship. And what I'm finding out, at least in my current situation, getting out of this five-year relationship is that I am single, but I'm not on a road to relationship right now. 
And there is a phase that we keep abandoning. It's like the phase of I'm single and getting to know myself and getting to know people around me without the goal of a relationship. And if we focus all of our single energy on a relationship, of course, it's going to be so tough. It's going to be like, you're so one track minded. Of course, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. And like, I was listening to a an episode that you guys recorded recently where you had mentioned you were like, you feel like if you fall in love, then this will happen. Like then it'll all be good. Or like, that's all I need. Like if this happens, then that. And then I think so many people find themselves on this road and they're like, okay, I'm going to do the work that it takes to be single. I'm going to get on the apps. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to do therapy. And then when I, when you get in this relationship, you still feel unfulfilled and you're like, shit, like I totally ignored all the other stuff. And like, I'm curious what you guys think about that of like, have you experienced that? Or what do you think that you need to have in order to have like a fulfilling relationship? Because obviously, we all know it's not just all you need. You don't just need a partner. (laughs) A hundred percent. I think you definitely hit the nail on that one. It's (laughs) the best place to be to find a relationship is when you have a full life and you're not Like that isn't what you need. It's something you want. It's not what you need. And I'll speak from my personal experience, like the times where I abandoned myself and that's when a relationship didn't work out after that, that's when it hit the hardest because I felt like I let myself go in the sense that I wasn't, I was prioritizing this person above everything else. And I'm not saying like you shouldn't prioritize your partner. You absolutely should. But in a healthy relationship, you're also prioritizing yourself. And when I met my current partner, I was definitely in that state of, you know, it was during the pandemic. And I remember like freaking out for a minute being like, okay, I'm going to be by myself for two whole weeks. Of course, that became like two whole years. But at the time, was freaking out. I'm like, as the time went on, though, I'm like, if this is what single is, it's not that bad. I'm pretty happy. Mm -hmm. I feel fulfilled in my life. I have passions. I have good friends and connections. And that was huge for me. And then when the time came that I was ready to date again, it was very conscious that I made sure to balance that with the rest of my life. Like I remember actually explicitly not going on dates on Friday nights because I wanted to keep that as time that I knew that I would have a good time with friends. And I think it's so important to balance dating. And when you're going on date after date after date, of course, if it doesn't work out, you're going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. But like, how do you maintain your life? And like, date around your life, not like date for your life. Like if you have plans, don't cancel them because like a date comes up, like fit that into your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Julie, you recently talked about how you were like, I decided to go to sushi by myself (laughs) and I like took myself out on a date. I love that. And also your partner must be super secure because like he didn't take that as a fuck you. Like I need to be alone. But are you like actively prioritizing alone time with yourself? You know, that was definitely something that was like a big shift at the beginning because I remember just spending all this time with him and then filling in the rest of time with friends. Because I was one of those people that was like, I do not want to let my friendship suffer Mm -hmm. because I really believe that's like, first of all, there's a reason you have your friendships. It doesn't just stop once you get in a relationship. Yeah, It's like one of my biggest pet peeves when people do that. 
So I was very conscious of that. But what that did is it didn't leave that much time for myself. Like I became, it was basically like working with my partner or with friends. So now I'm consciously carving out that time instead of making plans with friends or even my partner. Like we live together now too. So it's like you see that person all the time. Like I can carve out an hour or a night to go do something on my own. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys moved in recently, right? Yep. Within like the last couple months, but we were kind of like living together unofficially for a long time. So it honestly doesn't feel that different, which is pretty good. <laughs> Just with more stuff. Yes. <laughs> That's good. That's good news. There, There is hope. I've lived with a partner and it didn't go as well. So that's good mm. to know. Okay. So like you guys were at a place where you guys were both in relationships. Now as co-hosts, obviously you guys are on kind of like the other sides of the spectrum here. Yue, you recently went through a breakup. Are you comfortable sharing what happened there? And I'm curious about like your kind of single girl summer. Like I, I want to hear all about it. So share what you're comfortable sharing. It's actually kind of fun for Julie and I be in different places right now. Because like for a while we were just agreeing on everything. <laughs> And it's lovely to agree on everything, but for us to have really meaningful discussion, it's kind of nice to now have like very different views. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, is it me? You never know. know. (laughs) So the last relationship ended because of infidelity. I discovered messages of him between multiple women. And in our upcoming season, we actually have one of the other women coming (gasps) onto the show. Oh it's my good. Gosh. It's oh my gosh. So I juicy. Not wait to hear. Wow. Wow. But also, it's like don't fuck with a dating podcast co-host. You know, like don't the wrong person. don't don't fuck with anybody. But like of all the people in the world, don't yeah. fuck over someone who has a dating podcast. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so where I'm at right now is I'm in a really good place of just finding myself again. And one of the main takeaways from this breakup was I didn't lose myself in that relationship. And when things kind of, when shit hit the fan, all these phrases came into my head that were like, oh, this is earth shattering. You're going to have to pick up the pieces again. And I was like, that's not my voice. Who is telling me that? Oh, all those rom-coms, all those reality TV shows, all these years of conditioning of once a relationship is over, your world ends. Mm -hmm. And I did not feel like that was my reality. So I feel like I didn't lose myself and I am now bettering myself and really progressing my life and taking on all the hobbies and interests that I've always wanted to do. So I'm having this single girl summer where it's not about dudes. It's not about dating. It's not about hooking up. It's like, I'm dating myself. I'm like, it's about you know, UA. Taking, <laughs> it's it's a UA girl summer. I'm taking myself on a romantic cruise to Greece. You know, I'm like doing all the things to show myself love and I'm exploring all the sex toys I can get right now. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know who never lets you down is a vibrator. <laughs> never. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> that is so good. I love that. 
And this is my last thing on the relationship. There's no kind of grieving of like what could have been because I think that that's really the worst part of a breakup is like you grieve the possibility that this could have been it. And I think that's the hardest part. Yes. And the most recent revelations after talking to the other woman, Julie's also finding out a lot about my partner that while I was in the relationship, I failed to see when you're in love, you really advocate for them. And I overlooked some major red flags. So I'm just very lucky that I'm out of that relationship. That's good. Yeah. And I think that as women, we like find these like timeline, right? Like I'm turning 30 and I'm like, well, every relationship I'm in, like I'm in a relationship right now and like he lives in another city and I'm talking to my therapist about and freaking myself out. And she's like, it's okay if you don't have all the answers. She was telling me like, you're so afraid to make a mistake, but embrace the mistake. Like it's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have all the answers. And like, love is lovely and you can just fall. And like, I I think you can't be silly and like, you can't be like getting married and having kids and making those risks without having a hundred percent certainty. But it's kind of okay to just accept that either it does work out or it doesn't work out. But as women, we place so much pressure because of these timelines that we're given. I mean, I think, Mm -hmm. Julia, what you were saying earlier, too, about making sure that your life is intact is so important because then if you do fall or you do get your heart broken, it's not like this is everything for you. It's clearly an important part of life, but it's not your entire life. And that's really important into like not lose your identity in the process. I will say, though, I remember feeling those pressures at 30 a lot. And you kind of get over it, which is maybe a good thing. Like I just turned 40 and I'm not saying there's no pressure. There is, especially with biological clock and kids and all that. But I feel much better at 40 than I did at 30 for what it's worth. Yeah. I mean, that is really nice to hear and really reassuring for (laughs) sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that the red flag overlooking thing is so real And I guess we can save it for your episode, but do you think like both of you have done that where you've overlooked the red flags? What has been the impetus for overlooking the red flag? Has it been love or has it been those like societal pressures and timelines and not wanting to, I think there's also this element at play of like, if you tell people you failed at a relationship, you're afraid of the judgment too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the red flag, it's a very nuanced look because A red flag is a red flag only when that person refuses to do Mm. something about it. So I think what the issue for me in that last relationship was there were some red flags that I just didn't even vocalize. So I did not even give him the opportunity to really change things around. I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to leave it alone. I don't want to rock the boat. But I think in every relationship, everyone's going to have red flags But it is up to the partner to really vocalize what these red flags are. Yeah, I mean, 100% have overlooked red flags. I think we all have. I mean, the biggest ones that I've experienced is like when someone tells you what they want and who they are, you have to believe them. Like I think a lot of it comes from, I would say, an achiever mindset that I had that works really good in work and career and school 
not so much in love, that you can't change someone, you can't be the more work I put into this, they're going to turn around like it doesn't work that way. And I think a lot of times we try to apply the same methodologies in other parts of life to our dating life. If I could do one thing different, it would be to take people's words at face value and to pivot accordingly and to focus my attention on someone that matches my effort. Because for so long, I was the one holding it together on my own. And I would say that's probably the biggest red flag I overlooked was Mm -hmm. that it was me holding down this relationship. Mm -hmm. And why that is, I think a lot of it's because you don't know better. Like you think that this is what a relationship is. You've got the butterflies, you have chemistry, the connections there, you're in love. For a long time, I was in an on-again, off-again relationship that spanned over five years. And I really have this like love conquers all mentality. Like as soon as this happens, this will work out. And he was telling me a lot of that stuff, but the actions weren't lining up. And if I was to do one thing differently, again, take people's words and actions at face value. It's funny that you mentioned the love conquers all because one of the questions I had for you all, and I remember, I like distinctly remember this moment where I was in a relationship that I knew like he was like kind of good on paper and he was such a good person, but the the spark wasn't there and the chemistry Mm -hmm. wasn't there. And I had kind of made friends with this guy at my gym and he was like an older guy and he was like a really wealthy guy. And you could tell he had been through a couple divorces. And he said to me, Mm -hmm. just marry someone you really like love and you really like. That's really what's important. Mm -hmm. Like just marry someone you love and like. I remembered that. Do you think that that that's all you kind of need is like the love and the like. I mean, Julie, you kind of were like, it's not love conquers all, but there is something to like the love and the like and not settling for the good on paper, like when you compare those things. But what do you guys think about that of like just marry someone that you love and like? I mean, I agree. I think there's more though too. Like the person needs to be equally as committed as you are because it doesn't work when you can love someone and like someone, but if they're not giving to the relationship, it almost doesn't matter. That being said, fundamentally, I agree with what was said, because you're going to be spending a lot of time with this person. You need to like them. Like we've heard of situations where people are like, everything's good on paper, but honestly, like we don't have much of a connection or we don't have much to talk about. In my opinion, it doesn't matter if things are good at paper in that case, because it's going to be a long life if you don't enjoy being around that person. But it needs to be more than just that you like being around that person. Like there needs to be that effort in there. Huey, what's your take? I feel like the like is more important than the love. Because I think in a relationship, especially a long-term relationship, the love comes and goes. There's always like a baseline, Mm -hmm. I have love for you, but... To be in love with someone, it's not an everyday thing in a long-term relationship. But the like should be the baseline. You have to really just like (laughs) like this person. And when I say like, you need to like them as a a friend. You know, I have seen a lot of friends in relationships where they're like, I would never be (laughs) friends with him if we weren't fucking. And that's not good. You'd want to like want to be friends with your partner because end of the day, that's your best friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the friend thing because I talk about this a lot. Like, I think in my life, like, I've been really lucky in that I've made really great new friends in my life. Like, I've met them through work or different, you know, I put myself out there, I I meet with people, and I, and I make these like really good, long lasting friends. And sometimes, like, they do things where I'm like, oh, I'll cut them some slack. Like, it's okay Mm -hmm. that they didn't like 
texts me to make plans or like, it's okay that they're a little cheat or I don't know, little things like that. But it's not yeah. the same slack that I would cut a romantic partner. And so I talk about this with my friends. I'm like, why is it so easy for me to make new friends? Is it that intimacy component? Like, you know, I never get the ick with friends, but I get the ick on dates. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that, that we can make friends? <laughs> but it's so much harder to like, get those feelings. I feel like it's probably the pressure that we put on like dates. Yes. You and I talk about this a lot, that the dating process is unnatural when you think about it. Would you ever, yeah. ever be like, this is my third hang with a new friend? <laughs> I'm going to DTR and talk about that we're going to be BFFs now. You would never do any of this. Yeah. And there is a pressure that's a little different too, because this is supposed to be your one and only. So it feels like the stakes are higher too than a friend where you can have multiple. But personally, in early stage dating, like we should be treating it more like I'm just getting to know a new friend. We've seen this yeah. happen just so many times as people just get so ahead of themselves. They meet someone awesome. Yeah. They yeah. feel the connection, <laughs> the chemistry, they don't know this person though. They've met them for an hour or they've met them for a couple times. You don't know who this person is at all. And you start to fantasize who this person is. And that's when we get in trouble. It needs to be like, okay, cool. I met someone. I really like them as a person. I'm just going to keep seeing if they're a good like fit for me or like we get along and we vibe. The pressure needs to be removed. There's also this level of like, I don't know what it, it pretending to have things in common mm. with the people you are trying to date because you're trying to relate to them somehow. But we wouldn't do that with new friends. Oh. I'll give you an example. My friend's like trying to set me up on this blind date. So this guy's texting me. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he looks like. It doesn't matter. You don't care that you don't know what he looks like? I didn't even <laughs> want his name. I don't care. I do not care. I just wanted to be completely blind. And he's been texting me about jazz and in normal, like if I were actually looking for a relationship and dating seriously, I probably would pretend to like jazz, <laughs> look up some jazz artists or jazz bars. I would never do that with a new friend who's like, do you like jazz? Want to go see jazz? I'd be like, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. No, it's so true. My best friend grew up on a farm in Oregon and I grew up in LA. Like, if I saw her on a dating app, I would be like, girl, like <laughs> we, it is not it for us. But I love her. It's so true. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, my God. Are you going out with this guy? Yeah, but not to, <laughs> not to jazz. Not to jazz. <laughs> I do, I'm not going to pretend to care about it. Yeah. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. 
Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Julia, you said something super interesting, though, that we talk about is the data gaps side of this, is that people are making so many judgments. And like you said, I would be my best friend. I probably would have passed right over them on a dating app. And we see this all the time. And the one thing you don't need in a relationship is a dating app. So why are we putting so much pressure on this very unnatural way? Like we have these weird lines that we're sending to each other. That's why people are so fed up with dating apps because it's not natural. And if we could start just looking at dating apps as an introduction, like we have this house party mentality. It's like, would I invite this person to a house party? That's all you need to know. Everything else you could figure out once you start talking to them. Yeah, I love that. I mean, yesterday I was, Lindsay Metzler, the host of We Met at Acme, like she does her polls And she did a poll of like, do we think that dating apps are ruining dating? And I worked at Tinder for five and a half years. I believe in dating apps. I was an early adopter of dating apps. I think that they're a great facilitator. But yes, I do think that (laughs) dating apps are ruining dating. We have become too accustomed with fleeing at the sight of one bad thing. Like, you know, I mentioned Mm -hmm. icks. I think because I've been on dating apps for so long, I'm a perpetual fleer when the one thing gets hard. That mm-hmm. is like, that is my MO yep. and that is what I do. And I think that so many people do that because of dating apps. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not that dating yeah. apps that's the ruining people. dating. It's the people <laughs> using dating apps that's ruining dating. But I right. see what you mean. Right. It's like there's this Amazon effect. It's like I can find anything I want. So you walk into a dating app and you think you are the hottest person out there. That right. Everyone there is smiling at you, looking at you, wanting to be with you. Yeah, that's the problem. Dating is a pick me culture. That's why like with friends, you don't need to prove yourself. You're not trying to be chosen. But in dating at the core of it is like, will this person love me? That's a pretty big thing when you think about it. I guess then the attitude that people need to have on dating apps is like what UA said, where it's like, if someone says they like jazz, you can be like, cool but like i don't like it's literally yeah. like, be yourself good be for you. yourself yeah. like that's the only way yeah yeah okay julie how did you meet your partner then hinge if- no I'm, way I'm super pro dating app and i've have met mm-hmm. multiple partners on dating apps like i am very pro it because okay i've met people in real life too i don't want to say that there isn't something special about that there is yeah. that meet cute story all that That being said, I think people over-glamorize meeting in real life. And we actually had a recent guest talk about this. It's like if you went to just like a random place, like a mall or something, 90% of the people you would not find dateable. But for whatever reason, on dating apps, we expect like 100% of the people to be dateable. So there's this really weird like perception shift that comes with it. What's nice about dating apps, in my opinion, is, I mean, I know there's been some studies recently that there are married people on there. So I will ignore that stat for now. But for the most part, most people are trying to find something where if you're in real life, you have no idea. You have no idea how old this person is, what their status is, what their situation is. Mm -hmm. Can we kind of discuss that single ring thing? Because I think they're trying to solve for that, right? They're trying to solve the for how to know someone's single status in real life. It's like the blue ring you wear if you're single. Oh, wow. Have you heard no, of this, Julia? I have not. It's like s- 
social experiment. I need to figure out. I need to remember the name of it. But it's a social oh, the experiment. the peer ring. Wear That's this what ring. it's called, right? The peer? I think peer? so. I forget the name of it. <laughs> you know, so the, it's very obvious you're single when you wear the ring. And there's a huge debate on whether people would wear this or not. This is a, something very fascinating. I wouldn't personally do it because, again, I think it signals I'm single yes. and looking, which yeah. is not me. But for some others, they're like, that's great. I can walk into any place and spot other people wearing this ring, and I know I can approach them in real life. Yeah. In theory, I land on the same page as you. Like, in theory, yes, amazing, so great. This helps us weed it out. The first thing I, when I would go to bars, what I would look at is a guy's ring to make sure. Mm -hmm. But it was the same problem that we faced a long time ago when I started working on the marketing team at Tinder. People were hiding having Tinder on their phones in a folder within a folder. Right. There was so much yeah. shame around saying that you were desperate on a dating <laughs> app. Imagine wearing a blue ring yes. out in public. Yeah. Yes. I don't know that people would find that cool in any way. Now it's become normalized, obviously, but and I think that with work it could, but I don't think so. It's very interesting. <laughs> I feel like the problem is it's not normalized for single people to wear rings, but it's normalized for married people to wear rings to signal their status, right? So I feel like if they get to wear rings, we all should be obligated to wear rings with a color that indicates what status we are. But the color is only changed by how you register with your city. You register as single or you register as married or you register as, as in yeah. a relationship. And the color will only change if you and your partner both agree to change the color back and to single. And if you've gone to therapy, you get a different Mary. color. <laughs> oh, my God. You get oh a second God. ring. Yeah, you get diamonds if you've gone to therapy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Do you, is that a non-negotiable for you guys, the th a guy who's been to therapy? Okay, I think it's less about therapy. I know UA has opinions on this too. Oh, For good, me, good. it's more are they doing the work and are they, you know, introspective? Are they accountable? Are they self-reflective? Are they self-aware? That to me is really important. And also, is there progress? Like if they're just going to therapy every week and nothing's changing and they're just shooting the shit with their therapist and not mm -hmm. being real and honest, to me, that's just as good as not going at all. But of yeah. course, like hearing someone is, that's a good sign. And hopefully most people there are tackling their issues and yeah. challenges. So yeah, I'd say net net, it's a good thing, but it's it goes a little deeper than just yes or no. UA, you're just sitting there waiting, <laughs> waiting to unleash the truth. Get, give it to us. Therapy is just like the yeah. gym. Everybody wants to say they go to the gym, but what the fuck do you do at the gym is what yeah. I care about. Some people are sitting on an elliptical looking yeah. at their phone. Some people are lifting weights. Some people are really trying to make a mm -hmm. transformation in their lifestyle. Three very different people all at the gym and they can all say that on their mm -hmm. dating profile. Same thing with therapy. I'm in therapy. I go to therapy. What the fuck do you do at therapy? My ex was in therapy for months while he was <laughs> yeah. cheating on me. Never once mentioned it to his therapist. So he is the same as the guy sitting on the spin bike looking at his phone at the yeah. gym. No, 100% totally agree. Some people have really shitty therapists too. 
Like that, that's true. You know, they just agree true. with them on everything. They're like, "You're awesome." Just keep yeah, going. true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're great. <laughs> totally. Do the work totally, and it's become a buzzword. And so guys are like, "I'm in therapy," oh, yeah. and I'm like, "With a shitty therapist." Yeah, vulnerable. I'm vulnerable, <laughs> guys. I'm vulnerable. Yes, I've done. Yes, yeah. I'm going through. Do you it. guys think though, dating us? I know, like my partner has like expressed this. He's like. You talk about dating like a hundred million times a day. Like you think about it, you talk <laughs> about it, you explore your feelings, you go to therapy. I have a life coach. Like he's like, this is you. He's a doctor. Like he's different. He's like uses a different side of his brain. So when I'm like, you got to open up and like you got to be emotional. Do you think that like dating us is harder than dating the average person? Because like <laughs> we're so in tune with like – this and that. And I'm like stonewalling and blah, blah, blah. Like we know these buzzy words and we think about it so much. Do you think it's harder to date us? Okay. I have a lot of opinions (laughs) on this. (laughs) Okay. I'll start with the positive. My partner said that like he thinks that a big part of why our relationship works so well is because of all the knowledge that I bring. Mm -hmm. And he's very grateful and thankful Mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, like when we have gone through challenging times, if I didn't have this podcast, like I might've run, like I wouldn't have known how to Mm -hmm. deal with it. I would not have known how to communicate in our communication. You know, I think I've learned even a lot from actually being in a relationship. You can't just talk about it. You need to do it too. Mm -hmm. But I've been open to learn that. And I'm not sure if I would have been there if I hadn't had all this training. Mm -hmm. And also just the other piece of it too, the place I was in when I met him in the first place, it was a very different place than I'd ever been. We talked about this need for being chosen. I was not in that place. I had been for years prior Mm -hmm. and having my identity and weight being tied to a relationship. I was very much in a place like I'm happy. I'm just looking for someone to enrich my life. Mm -hmm. So that being said, the podcast is super helpful for that. It was hard. I admit when I was dating a little It was like hard and easy because there were times that I didn't want to like scare people away by sharing it because it had a connotation like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to like talk about you on the podcast or people didn't really know what it was. And I made the mistake of not telling people. And then it got really awkward like when I told them because it felt like I was like hiding something. But when I met my current partner, I told him right away because I hit that point like I'm just going to be authentically who I am and just put it out there and the right person will respond to it. And he was super positive. I think there was a little bit of him that was like, oh, a dating podcast, interesting. But overall, he thought it was really cool and like respected that I did it and liked it. And I needed that partner. Like I, all these people that were scared off by it or didn't like it, like that just ultimately wouldn't have worked. For sure. Mm -hmm. Julia, what was your partner's reaction? Because you've been in the dating space for a long time. Yeah. I mean, he thinks it's great. And he's like, what are our perks with, with this? Like, do you have brands reaching out for like a, a free trip? And I'm like, yeah, I wish. <laughs> but he thinks it's great. I think that he likes this because he has not I don't know who he's dated in the past, but like they have not explored certain things. And like he enjoys the Mm -hmm. lens that I bring to the relationship. But I think that it's all extremely new for him. Like, for example, I'm going to put him on blast, but like we have a long distance relationship. I had to be like, I like hearing from you in the morning. Good night and good morning. Mm -hmm. And he was Mm -hmm. like, oh, like that was like a learning curve. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, we're in a long distance relationship. That feels like the bare minimum. But you kind of have to be like told these things, I guess, to someone who hasn't explored this. I think I'm very like 
I love relationships. I love like passion. I like read like romance novels, you know, like I love that stuff. I love like little like love notes. But for someone who's never experienced that, that there's a huge learning curve. And I mm-hmm. understand that we've probably like met for a reason in that way of like, yeah. I'm meant to expand him in that way. And he's meant to like make me more patient because I'm not. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the same boat as you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason yeah. why we're drawn to this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, though, this was a big learning for my partner and I, too. It's like we need to appreciate the differences in that's how you have a healthy relationship that's all encompassing. Because if you're just dating the carbon copy of yourself, you're not learning and growing in any way. And I think that's so important that there's probably a reason why your partner, too, has gravitated to you, even like subconsciously because of all this stuff. Yeah. And like just the last point I'll make on this, like I think one of the other pieces that my partner has said that's been a pro of all this is like just this core value that we both hold of helping other people. Mm. And he can see it come through mm. in this way. Like even, you know, when friends hit me up for dating advice, like he does, he has said like, okay, you guys talk about dating a lot, but he sees like the underlying part of it that is very attractive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. UA, do you have any thoughts on this or are you kind of in your single summer? You're like, I, I don't know. I can't really tap into this version of myself. <laughs> I think it is hard to date people like us if you're the wrong yeah. person. The wrong person is going to be like, eh, seems like a lot of work. You know, yeah. thanks. But the right person, like your partner, Julia, like your partner, Julie, it's like they may not come in with the same amount of knowledge or passion for the topic, but they're willing to learn and they're willing to expand and grow themselves. The last thing you want is a partner who comes in. It's like, I don't know anything, but you lead. (laughs) You tell me what to do. You don't want that either, right? You want a partner who's like, okay, well, what can I contribute to this? Even though you're like the quote unquote expert. I also feel like, Julia, like even what you said about just telling your partner, like, I need this call or text. A lot of people wouldn't do that. And I think B before yeah. this podcast would not do it. I would just ruminate on my own. I talk to my friends. Like I would never yeah. talk to my partner. And I think for that, it's actually very healthy that you have those skills. Yeah. I think that I've learned that on this yeah. podcast too. It's obviously like through therapy and like on this podcast, or I think like there was a shift for me. I know there was a shift for me with my self-confidence where I'm like, yeah, like I have a dating podcast and yeah, I have needs of like, I mm-hmm. need to hear good night and good morning. And if you can't, no hard feelings, yeah. bye. But if you can, amazing. And let's keep doing this thing. I mean, I really yeah. think that's the shift that sets people up for success is when you're getting out of that mindset of like, I need to tell them I love jazz too and be a dating chameleon, you know, (laughs) versus that mode of, I know what I bring to the table. I know the partner I can be. I know what my needs are. Is this person going to meet them? And if they're not, then cool. I'm going to find someone that is. Before I met my partner, I got rejected more than I ever had in my entire life. For the first time, it's because I was just leading with who I was and Mm -hmm. letting people go and also just putting myself out there. And if they weren't meeting it, then that's okay. Like it's not rejection, it's redirection. We love that phrase. Yeah. 
I love that mm-hmm. one too. Speaking of needs, I saw this post that UA you posted recently on on the Datable podcast. I guess it was like a collab, but you talked about the love languages <laughs> and mm-hmm. like you have a hot take about it. And it's interesting because I realized recently that my therapist pointed it out that my love language has changed. So tell everyone listening like mm. what the take is because I think it was super interesting. I think the short of it is, again, it's one of those like, it's just like therapy. People love putting their love languages on their dating profile and they lead with that. But end of the day, if you look at all the love languages, shouldn't we be prioritizing all of them? Like, don't we all want quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service? I mean, these are all things that make a great, healthy relationship. And whatever your love language is in this current relationship probably just means that you need to work on it more, that you're lacking it a little bit more. So I give the example of when I was in a relationship that wasn't very physical, physical touch was my love language, but it later changed to words of affirmation when I was in a different relationship. So we oversimplify love and communication and relationships through these assessments when all we need to do is step back and think, what is it that I need? And I need to just communicate that need. Oh my God. I had a friend the other day, went through a breakup. So unfortunate, but it was one of those situations where they barely knew each other, but of course felt devastating. Mm -hmm. And her take was, I did everything right. I asked them about their love languages. (laughs) And it's like one of those, and I think it's it's kind of like the modern day rules. Like we've said like, okay, we're not going to do the rules, but now we have these replacements that are therapy speak of being vulnerable, of talking about love languages, discussing attachment theory, but people aren't like actually just connecting with people. They're just going through this. It's almost like this, curriculum like you're in school like i checked yeah. off the love language mm-hmm. languages to part we hear all the time like how do you deal with an avoidant it's like okay like it's a person at the end of the day like of course they might have some avoidant traits but we can't just classify someone as this there's no like one solution that hits every single person they also just might be an asshole like why are we just covering up everything in these therapies speak yeah yeah i know it's like oh he's avoidant because he experienced this childhood trauma it's like he's not meeting your needs it doesn't matter what he's avoided (laughs) yeah that's that's what that means totally is there one truth that you guys both had prior to having this podcast you're like this is so wholeheartedly something I agree with that after this, now you've done so many interviews, like you're like, ah, I shifted my mindset on this. Mm. I could like think of you as mm. I'm like trying to think of my own. <laughs> Just funny. <laughs> I was not very intentional mm. about this truth before starting this podcast, but I lived it, which is to get in a relationship, you have to act as disinterested mm-hmm. as possible. Well, and that's what I did all the time. But full circle, you're disinterested in jazz. And this might be the one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. She's being authentic, be disinterested now. Not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually not playing yeah. any games. But I used to think like, I got to wait the three yeah. days to text back. And I got to be cool if they don't want a DTR. And I got to be okay if they go out of town and never message me while they're out of town. But that's all in hopes of getting in a relationship with this person. So that's completely shifted because 
this is, you know, yeah. we all know if you want to be in a relationship, you have to display the same qualities and behaviors as if you are already in a relationship. Yeah. I don't know if this is a truth, but it's just maybe a general mindset change. I was very influenced by society's portrayal of love and who you should be with, the type of person, the qualities I was focused on for years were just so not important. Like I was very focused on, you know, like obviously attraction was a bit of it, but I think like social status or just status overall yeah. and where they worked. And like, there was a lot of stuff that I remember just being like completely enamored by this guy that was like in private equity. And like his goal yeah. was to make like millions of dollars yet. Yeah, like he could never oh meet up with me and he lived around the corner from me and worked around the corner from me. That yeah. to me, I'm like, why was I like basically wasting my time with this person, the good on paper got me in trouble a lot. And, you know, shifting Mm -hmm. to what matters, (laughs) like the change I made with my current partner, like my ex before him was not consistent at all. Like it was one day I love you, the next day I can't do this, like all over the map. And consistency ended up being my North Star of what I was looking for. And I know that sounds really bland, But what I realized is if the consistency is there, you're not worried about, is this person going to text me again? Am I ever going to see them again? Yeah. You can just focus on getting to know that person and forming a connection with them. And that is what dating is all about. Yet we get so wrapped up in the dating dynamics that that never actually happens. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Well, I want to do a quick rapid fire segment with you guys before I let you go if if you're game. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. It. Well, this started as a, a breakup podcast, UA, <laughs> just in time. <laughs> so I always ask everyone, all my guests, what is one quote that someone can tell themselves every day to help them get through a breakup or an unexpected mm. life event? Ooh. I know. I know. I know. Um, uh, do we have okay. an hour? What can help someone get through a breakup? Yeah. Some people have said like this or better, this too shall pass. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the reason I'm saying this is my friend told me last night that this actually helped her. So sometimes you don't remember what you say, but Good. it was the fact that every breakup or every situation is just helping you. If it helps you open your heart up, it's never a waste of time. Time is Ooh, not like wasted that. when your heart expands. What she was saying to me was that when she went through this breakup, I told her, like, I haven't seen you open up this much in the past. So for that, this was worth it. And now she's with someone that she's engaged to. And it's all a stepping stone. I think once you actually meet that person, you can see in hindsight how every other person built on them or built to get to them. It's very hard when you're in the thick of it. But if you can remember that the best is yet to come, maybe that's a good one. The best is yet to come. Just keep that in mind as you keep going. I love that. Don't know who said this. We always quote this, but it's uh, the wrong person makes room for the right person. And I often think about how when we're in the wrong relationship, we're actually holding that person hostage for the right person for them. And they're holding you hostage for the right person for yourself. So release them back into the world because that's the only way you can allow space for the right person to come in. So good. So good. What is the best part about being single? Doing whatever you want, whenever you want. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Starfish in my bed. Like just 
taking up space. I think that's a huge one I'm learning is I can take up space both <laughs> literally and, you know, yeah. metaphorically because now I can I can say what I want, do what I want, just really just be me and be loud and proud. Yeah. If you don't get bogged down in dating drama, like if you could let that slide, then it can actually be a very peaceful time being single when you're really at yes. one with yourself. Yeah, for sure. What's the best part about being in a relationship? I'd say having a sleepover with your best friend every night. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. really good. That's really good. Actually building a life with someone. You don't do that yeah. with yeah. friends. Friends have separate lives. I think that's like the main difference between a partner yeah. and a friend. What was one moment where you were really happy? It's your safe place. It can be a place, a country, a city, a song, a movie. It's really like your safe place. <laughs> Mine's Calistoga Hot Springs, Indian oh. Springs Resort to be specific. <laughs> I, I went that. there post-breakups and it, it's life-changing. Most recently, I redid my apartment after kicking him out and sitting on my balcony that has new energy, new vibes, and drinking my coffee, so reading good. a book. So, so great. Reclaiming my space. Taking space. Love it. If you could have yeah. one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Sushi. Tuna, specifically. I was going to say <laughs> I know. I was just thinking about sushi, too, but then all the... Uh, all the scares with like the worms and stuff. Don't tell me um, about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about, okay, you know what? I'll make it very simple. Chicken so wings. Good. Just chicken so wings. Good. So, so good. So good. Yeah. Can't chicken go wrong. Wings, yeah. And good protein, you know. <laughs> totally. totally. Do you guys have a celebrity crush, each of you? Channing Tatum. <laughs> you yeah. still like him? <laughs> I'll never not like him. I His dancing. <laughs> just does it for me. <laughs> He's just like a retired plumber in my eyes now. <laughs> this is, I don't know what he looks like currently, but John Cusack oh. has always been my childhood crush. I know he's like a hundred yeah. years old now, but you're making fun I'll of Channing Tatum. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, John Cusack never tried yeah, to be sexy. You're like going to so go I mean, for like yeah. someone new or something. <laughs> someone yeah. new, or so, a younger Channing Tatum. Okay, last one. What's the best city in the world? I want to say San Francisco, just because I love it here, but. It also has a lot of problems recently, so I'm, I'm mixed on it at the moment. If you asked me two years ago, I'd say San Francisco. Best city in the world. This is a tough one. So <laughs> we're going to the world. <laughs> yeah, this is really tough. So this is, I think, my favorite city in the world, but I don't, I'm not ready to okay. live there yet. Yeah, that's a good distinction. Okay. Lisbon, mm. Portugal. It's got everything you need, great weather, affordable living, they're very great with foreigners. Food is amazing. So. It's like the improved San Francisco. Doesn't it look just like San Francisco? It is. <laughs> what San Francisco? Yes. Okay. Be. There we go. So lives. Yeah. <laughs> both agree on. I yeah. love that she said that she's not ready to live there yet. So, <laughs> so yes. she will one day. Maybe it's going to happen. Yet. Yet. Well, yes. all right, both of you, I think we're pretty much done here. This was so fun. It was so good to meet you and connect. Tell everyone where they can find your podcast and your individual handles and your podcast handle. Sure. 
Yeah, you can find us at Dateable Podcast on Instagram. You can also find our individual ones. It's at Julie Craft Chick for Julie, <laughs> obviously. No, for you, eh? Just and then for, <laughs> for, for me, it's at Nonplatonic. Yeah, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're everywhere. Love it. Thank you so much for being on. I love this conversation. Thank you. Thanks, Julia. We'll have you yes. on soon. Okay, love it. Thank you for listening to Pretty Much Done. If you want more information about this episode, you can check our show notes. Go like, subscribe, and leave a review because it helps us grow the pod. Love you. Thank you. Sorry, did I just love bomb you? I'm not toxic. You are. Okay, bye. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Dateable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes in our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay dateable. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H E R O.co.